This is Let Your Voice Be Heard right here on WHCR 90.3 FM, the voice of Harlem. So here's what we're dealing with today in the state of Michigan. In the state of Detroit, in the, in the state of Michigan, we have the city of Detroit. We all know about Detroit has gone bankrupt. Families don't have water because the city is cutting off their water. There are blocks and blocks of abandoned houses. What we haven't talked about a lot, though, is another city in there, Flint. Flint, Michigan. Flint, Michigan, which was a town that was booming at one point and had over 300,000 people in that town. But you know, one of the biggest things that happened to the U.S. in the last 10 years was the Great Recession. And a lot of places like Detroit, like Baltimore, like parts of New York, never recovered from the Great Recession. Because you know why? The Great Recession, when it left, it took entire industries with it. One of those industries was the car industry. And while some people will say it still thrives in Michigan and in Detroit, it is nowhere near as big and as impactful as it was back in, say, 2002, maybe even 2003. Or back, like, during the 60s and 70s. Exactly, when you had strong unions and strong industries. It is not that strong. And because of that, and in result, you have seen Flint, Michigan, one of the most thriving cities all across the U.S., really become a shell of itself. And I don't say that to bash Michigan or Flint, but I say it because this is what we have seen. So a city or a town, whatever you want to call it, which had up to... 400,000 people is now only, they only have now about 99,000 people, we'll say 100,000 just to be friendly. And they went to being one of the best towns with the best jobs to being a city with one of the highest crime rates in all of the United States of America. And because maybe, I don't know, it doesn't have a sexy name like Detroit or because there are a lot of people of color who live in this city, people have not been talking about it that much. But wait, they have. There's been this undercurrent of conversation. People have been whispering and they've been saying the people of Flint, Michigan are thirsty. They have nothing to drink. And when they shower, they come out and they find burns on their arms. They all of a sudden are losing their hair and they're coughing and they're sick and their children seem to be struggling with something, but no one knew what it was. And they complained to the to the governor and the governor said, hey, you are totally fine. And they complained to their mayor and the mayor was like, hey, I don't know what's going on. And they asked the federal government to look at the water and the federal government and said your water is completely safe because you know why flint michigan used to get their water from detroit but governor snyder he has been lauded as a great republican governor who was helping to save money and he helped to save detroit even though he tried to file for bankruptcy but we're not going to talk about that right now he wanted to save money and he said hey let's move away from detroit's water system because we don't want to pay 13 million dollars we are going to save flint all of this money but the question became where will you get your water so they started getting it from the flint lake river Pardon me. Thank you, Alyssa, from the Flint River. And they said this water is absolutely fine. Even though there have been complaints of waste going into the Flint River and of other like chemicals going into there, fracking fluids, like I mentioned earlier in the show before we talked about this segment, they were getting the water from there. And then people were saying the water smells really bad. It's coming out brown. It doesn't look or taste healthy. And the governor was saying, you know what? You are absolutely safe. There was nothing wrong with you. So they trusted him and they got sicker and sicker and they complained and they protested and no one listened because unfortunately as far as we have come in this country it seems to be that when people of color have an issue in particular when it comes to their environment how they breathe how they live how they drink how they eat how they survive no one gives too much of a rat's behind but then all of a sudden i guess the right people started to complain and what did they discover lead in the water and not just a little bit of lead because any level of lead is dangerous but a lot of lead so much lead that more than likely a huge majority of the children in Flint, Michigan have been contaminated with lead. And do you guys know what lead does to you? Well, I'll give you a hint. Freddie Gray, the young man who was killed by the police through a rough ride, his family won a lawsuit 
settlement over lead because their apartment was contaminated with lead, which has been barred from being in any building or in any product because even a limited amount of exposure can help to lower your IQ and your cognitive skills and increase the likelihood of impulsiveness within human beings. There was an article that cited the, 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 the recidivism of lead in the use of products in the decline in crime because, like you said, lead, it, it pushes for impulsiveness. And yet, that was in the water. So these families have been drinking this water. Their children have been bathing in this water. They've been consuming this water. And they were getting sick, and no one was listening to them. And then they had to start buying bottled waters because even though they did not have jobs because the unemployment rate is one of the highest in the entire country, and even though many people did not have homes because, like Detroit, many houses are abandoned because they cannot afford them, they now had to invest in bottled water. And all of a sudden, Governor Rick Snyder said, oh, you know, maybe this lead thing is a bad idea, and he's called a state of emergency. And he's saying that we had to deal with this, but no one wants to take the blame for it because the governor said, hey, it's not my fault. And the man is saying, hey, I'm just trying to help. And the manager who took over in Flint because you had to manage the city because it was in crisis. He's saying, hey, I didn't do this. Me and my families are still struggling. The state is not helping. They're not providing bottled water to the people who live there. They're still pussyfooting around the issue. The EPA hasn't really jumped in yet. And the federal government is not being aggressive or even active on this issue. So instead... We sit here frustrated, tired, maybe even angry, and we're having a conversation of how we got to the point where Michigan Flint water was poisoned so bad that children are in danger. I think this is a classic case of who knew what and when did they know it and how far up to the top does it go? Now, obviously, there's a, an initial problem that you raise, which is this issue of, of these managers, these emergency managers. Part of the political system is that when you elect people to represent you and they don't do a good job, you have the opportunity to go to the ballot box and get them out of there. Now, when an emergency manager is appointed by the, gov- by the governor, then there's nobody that's being held accountable to the people anymore because, uh, you know, this person is politically isolated from being voted out of office. So that's like an initial uh, level problem with democracy. You want to just cut in for a second? We finish up the wrong goal. Oh, no. But I I mean, then you have the, the bigger issue, right, which is they wanted to save money. okay? And, you know, saving money is a lofty goal. But at the same time, you have to look at the pros and cons to this saving of the money. And clearly they did not do that. They decided to make this decision. Nobody went and tested the water until after it was too late. They were just like, you know, hey, let's save some money. And maybe that was, in theory, a good idea. But in reality, not only was it a bad idea that led to the poisoning of all of these people, now... In order to fix this, because now, even if they uh, if they switch back to getting water to Detroit, because of the water that went through. So the water from the river was high in, in salt. It had a really high salt content. And what this salt content did was start to um, corrode the pipes. And when the pipes started to corrode, they started to leach lead from the pipes into the water. Okay. So now, even if you switch back to getting your water from Detroit, the pipes are still corroded. So now they have to change the whole infrastructure. Now the infrastructure was already bad. But now in order to save a little bit of money that they were trying to save, they ruined all the pipes. And now they're saying it's going to cost like $1.3 billion because now even if they go back to getting the water from Detroit, it's still going to go through those lead pipes that are, that are corroded. So <laughs> yeah. So so now you, you tried to save a little bit, but you created a worse problem because now all your pipes are corroded. Now you have to completely get rid of the entire infrastructure and put all new infrastructure in to even get clean water from the place you were getting it from before. Yeah. You decided to change 
to save this money. Yep. And this, this is what I don't understand about Republicans all the time. This is it's not even a Republican thing. It's just a basic common sense thing. And now to help us with this conversation, because Alyssa and Selena and I can go on all day long, but we're not from Michigan. We don't live in Michigan. We don't deal with those problems. We have someone who is on the ground, and her name is Valerie Jean, and she is a Detroit-based environmental justice activist and organizer with Detroit Coalition Against Tar Sands, the Detroit Light Brigade, and the People's Potluck. She also helped organize the Arrest Snyder Rally at Flint City Hall on Friday, January 8th, in order to bring awareness to the man-made water issue and raise the voices of the people in Flint who have not been heard. Valerie, thank you so much for calling in, and thank you for dealing with my 27-minute-long introduction. Uh, thank you. Thanks for having me. I, um, I'm happy to be here. We're happy to, to have you, Valerie. Good morning. So, Valerie, listen, like, I've, I've, I've talked everyone's ears off. I want them to find out what's going on. Can you give us an idea of what is happening on the ground right now? How are people dealing with this? Um, well, in the last, it's, well, this has been going on for 17 months. Um, for, we're literally two years into this. Um, we, and we've been protesting the entire time, bringing um, awareness to it. We, the governor definitely knew that this was happening. Um, so right now on the ground, there's been like a boom because of the, the media attention. All of a sudden, everybody's paying attention. <laughs> um, so right now on the ground, there's a lot of water being delivered to Flint. They were without water. Um, their community water stations were empty for about a week. So uh, after our protest and um, all the national media attention, water's coming in from everywhere. Wait, Valerie, so one second. I'm sorry to cut you off. But did you just say that the, the residents of Flint had, been, had gone a week without clean water? Absolutely, yes. <laughs> they, um, they, the residents have been uh, depending on community water banks. Uh, community-led volunteer water banks. They were organized by families and people who um, who realized way before anybody uh, said something was wrong with the water. You know, they realized way before that there was something wrong, and um, people were getting sick, and their children were getting sick. So yes, they were without. Um, they the community water banks were without water for almost a week, and and people who can't afford to buy bottled water or don't have a car to go get it. Um, and they live inside the city. They were just, they've been, they have to drink it. They have to bathe in it. <laughs> they don't have any choice. They have to brush their teeth in it. They, you know, um, and even once they get the bottled water, it's not enough to meet their needs, right? You can't, because you can't do anything with the water, <laughs> nothing. And there's a lot more than lead in it. So the Flint River was an, indust an industrial dumping ground for um, all the big car companies and, and a lot of industry. So there is, it's a toxic soup. It, um, my friend Melissa Mays, she's uh, an amazing activist that's been working on this since the beginning. She started Water You Fighting For. She, right now, I mean, as we speak, she's, she's going through, because she has so much lead and copper in her body and in her joints, she actually sets off um, uh, uh, detectors and metal detectors because it's gathered into her joints to the point where it's, she's extremely sick. Her what? children are sick. Wow. Um, it's absolutely devastating to, you know, this is actually unconscionable. Like this is actually that this is happening to to so many families and, and most of them poor families that 
they didn't have any choice but to drink the water. Absolutely. Wow. I mean, it's like a violation of the UN Charter about human rights, which I want to talk about later on in the segment. Um, now, uh, you mentioned a few things that I wanted to touch on. One, I'm, I'm glad that water is being delivered and that all these people are donating water. But to me, it still doesn't solve this underlying problem, which is that it's going to cost up to $1.5 billion to fix the pipe infrastructure in the city. And so while lots and lots of water donations are very nice, at the end of the day, somebody's going to have to pay to fix that infrastructure problem, which I we can get into in a second. But here's the, the initial question that I wanted to ask you, which is, you said this has been going on for 17 months. Why are we just hear about in, hearing about this now? Why is it that this has not been publicized up until, you know, why did it take so long to get this publicized? Why didn't more people know about this? Why haven't anything being done about this for so long? The Michigan media, um, because we, we actually have been protesting in, in the streets over it that entire time, the Michi- Michigan media sells the governor's narrative. Um, they never, it's very, very, very rare that we get um, local media to to kind of tell the people's story um, from our perspective, from what's happening. Always, always, always they tell um, the governor's narrative. So that's kind of what happened. You know, they kept, he kept coming out and telling people, relax. Actually, that was his words. Relax. The water's fine. Um, You know, keep drinking it. You know, that was his, that was his response to that. I mean, um, Valerie, we're sitting here just baffled, especially myself. Like you said, what has been going on for the last 17 months is unconscionable. And, you know, just to add on, Flint is 57, 56% black, and it's also said to be one of the poorest cities in the whole country. So when you ask why it hasn't been giving the, um, the media coverage it deserves and why this is even happening, I mean, to me, it's clear. These are poor people of color. And when it comes to injustice, poor people of color feel it the most, and they feel it the first. And, that's, and they feel it the first. Um, and that's always how our country has been. I wanted to... You know, I'm still thinking about how you just said there's this woman who has so much lead in her system that she sets off metal detectors. I mean, I I can't even imagine that. But, you know, with the protests and the the rallies that are going on, a lot of people are calling for the arrest of Governor Rick Snyder. Why do you think that he deserves to be arrested and that this is somehow equates to criminal activity? Oh, uh, I want to kind of respond to that. The uh, as far as all the emergency managers that were um, imposed on Michigan after we voted them out, so we have to start with the basis that they're unconstitutional and illegal from the get. All of them were placed in black cities. <laughs> all of them, um, Highland Park, uh, um, Inkster, you know, Detroit, of course, got one. So you can you have to start out from those bases that. A, they were all black cities, and you can see it from the um, see it from where they were placed. You can look and and, and see that, and also that these, um, you know, they're considered sacrifice zones always. So it wasn't any, you know, these people. It, he didn't think anything about imposing an emergency manager on these people. They're expendable to him, in my view. Um, and then, I'm sorry, what was the exact question? Well, why are you calling for the arrest of, of Governor okay. Snyder? Yes. Yeah, okay. So um, we, the people of Flint, because they're so sick, they, we got together and we, um, with, the, with Detroit activists, and, and all of us kind of had this, um, this conversation about, you know, how, how this was beyond criminal. Like, you know, 
and almost genocidal, right? So um, they they started. We we decided we were going to call um, for the arrest and indictment and investigate. Well, the investigation, arrest, and indictment of the um, governor because it, there's nothing else that that will do. There's just no no other um, for for a crime like this. He's, <laughs> nothing else. There's yeah. nothing else you're, that will do. No, you're absolutely right with that, uh, Valerie. We do have to take a quick break. But when we come back, we will continue this conversation about this devastating man-made water fiasco that is poisoning the poor people of Flint, Michigan. And we are back. This is Let Your Voice Be Heard right here on WHCR 90.3 FM, the voice of Harlem. And if you're just tuning in, we have on the line with us Valerie Jean. She's a Detroit-based environmental uh, justice activist. She's also an organizer with the Detroit Coalition Against Tar Sands. And I want to mention that even though she's been on the grounds in Flint, Michigan, uh, raising awareness about this man-made water fiasco that is literally poisoning the poor there, um, she I wanted to make mention that she told me but when I was booking her as, as a guest that it's so important that the black community members and organizers in Flint who not only have uh, that are not only organizing but they're suffering literally when they go home and they have this lead contaminated water just pouring out their faucets um, it's a, it's important that we raise their voices but it just so happens that this weekend uh, because the Flint community went a whole week without any fresh water and they just started bringing in all of these um, bottles and cases of water all of the organizers and members were unavailable and because they had to be on the ground to distribute this free water to the residents so obviously that takes priority and um, and, I, and I just want to thank uh, Valerie again for calling in and doing all the activism that she has been doing on the ground there. Thank you. Thank you thank, thank <laughs> for you. Um, having me on. Uh, so I have a question for you, which is we've talked a lot about the arrest. Now, uh, an arrest is a pretty high bar. Um, and as much as I agree with you and think that there is something potentially criminal going on here, at least criminal negligence at the very least, and that there should maybe be an arrest. As I said, it's a high bar. So uh, the next question is, should uh, the governor resigned because he's issued an apology and, you know, he's forced somebody from the uh, environmental group there, the guy who kept going, oh, the water's fine, everybody should drink it. Um, that guy... <laughs> he threw that him guy, under the bus. <laughs> right. He threw him under the bus. But in my mind, I think he should... I think the governor should resign. So do you think the governor should resign? And um, do we think that that may actually happen? And uh, short of the governor resigning, what does the governor need to now do to regain the trust of the people of Flint and to fix the problem that they caused. Okay. The um, that, What was the first question? I'm sorry. Should the governor... The first, that was like a three-part question? Yeah, should the governor resign is the first part. Okay. Of now, as far... Uh, yes, of course, I think he should um, take it upon himself to resign, but it's not enough, and it's not... The, uh, it's not appropriate. Of course, we, we think there has to be an investigation and an arrest. Um, all of the people in Flint feel that way. So it's, it, if he resigned, great. Um, I'd be fine with them arresting him in his office as the governor. <laughs> I'd be fine with that. Um, I, there's no gaining the trust back of the community. Um, this has been asked repeatedly. You can't, once you, once you have poisoned a municipal water supply, you don't get trust back. Um, the only people that are trusting that address, trusting him right now are people who don't understand what has happened, what he's done, uh, what he knew. Um, now to fix it, 
uh, I mean, with, I, we, I, it almost seems like Flint is going to be uninhabitable, right? Mm-hmm. And then to actually treat the problem, you're talking about huge amounts of bottled water pollution going into Flint, right? Yeah. That doesn't have, uh, they have no kind of recycling program or anything like that. All that bottled water and stuff is going right into landfills. The, the big winners in all of this are the bottled water companies. And it was the same way with the Detroit water shutoffs because we had huge amounts of bottled water being carried in. It was the only way people could bathe and eat and things like that so they use it um so this is the i i don't i don't think there's any response that he's going to be able to have right now that's going to fix it um the only response is maybe huge water trucks being brought in but you're going to have to do that daily uh for one person to get through one day we give them five gallons of water per person um so and if you've got four people in your house, that's 20 gallons of water a day that you have to have to survive. So you're talking about hauling in truckloads of water daily for years. <laughs> I mean, years. So I don't know. I, it, I'm, it, part of me feels like Flynn is going to be uninhabitable, that he's not going to be able to respond to this. Um, they're not going to be able to use their water infrastructure like ever. It has to be replaced. They're looking at like 10 years or something like that, and that's if they start now to replace it. So I don't. I think all those people are going to be, um, re, you know, just, displaced. This displaced. is this is beyond egregious, Valerie. I, I do want to um, kind of take a step back for a second. When we were talking at the beginning of the segment, you mentioned lead was not the only um, chemical in the water. You mentioned someone had copper. What other chemicals are in the water that you've known of maybe before this lead situation? It's it's a toxic soup of heavy metals. So um, everything that that the GM um, company, it, it's like any kind Antimony, of heavy metal, that's industrial heavy metal, it's many, many, many of them. <laughs> Lots of heavy metals in that water. It's not just lead. Um, I, I'm not sure what the other ones are. Antimony, formaldehyde, um, some, some, some chemicals like that we can expect in there? Uh, what did you say? Antimony, formaldehyde. Oh, I would think. I, I don't know. Uh, okay. I don't know for sure. Okay, no problem. And I don't want to, like, speculate. Um, I just know what uh, what the Virginia Tech um, guy that was per- that came out and, you know, started testing people's water when, when they couldn't get help from the government to test it, he said it was a toxic soup that it ate through nails. Wow. That it, like... You should, I mean, he immediately came back to Flint and was like, don't ever drink this water. Don't ever, 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 ever don't do it. He said it was a toxic soup of heavy metal chemicals. Thank heavy you. metal and chemicals. Listen, guys, if you're tuning in, you're, you're ticked off like I am, give us a call. The number is 212-650-6903. Again, that is 212-650-6903. Or you can tweet us at BeHerd underscore radio. Alyssa, And I just, I think people don't even realize how much, uh, just putting aside drinking water for a second and just talking about water that people use to bathe, to cook, to do a lot of other things. When I was in California and they're going through a drought and we were monitoring, the, I was staying at a friend's house, monitoring just how much water we were using in order to make sure we were using less like I don't think people realize just how much water we need to use in our everyday lives for things aside from drinking and then when you add drinking water into that the amount of water each person uses every day is immense so when we're talking about a situation like this where as our guest just said it's going to take this is not like a problem that's going to be fixed overnight this is a problem that could take years and years and years to fix and we're billions, just talking about the water infrastructure right. not even the health implications exactly. right years and generations are going to be affected by this literally uh, Absolutely. Generations of people. Right. 
I mean, this is not a problem that's going away. This is this is something that happened in a small amount of time because of the governor making this decision uh, and them implementing this, you know, this program without ever doing any research into the effect that it was going to have. And this is a problem that's going to be ongoing for generations. I mean, like at least the next 50 years from the the issue of the infrastructure to the issue of, as our guest points out, the poisoning of these people as they get older and grow into adulthood. And guess what? Uh, there's also going to be some major lawsuits about this also i'm sure um so that's going to be another thing and and where is the city going to come up with and the governor and the state going to come up with this money to pay out the lawsuits to all these people whose children have all these problems um because of the water for generations to come uh so i mean this is just like oh you know a, a just a giant cluster f yeah, <laughs> Alyssa, I, I, trust me, I'm with you. I really want to curse so bad right now, but we cannot. And neither can the caller on the line. Miss Deborah would like to let her voice be heard. She promised me she would behave because I told her the, a segment earlier she'd be ticked off when this segment came on. Miss Deborah, let your voice be heard. Hi. Um, did you say that the water would eat through nails? Yes. The guest did, I believe. Yes. Okay. It's actually it's on the Rachel Maddow interview, the first one that she did, uh, December right. 19th. She she showed it. The Virginia Tech uh, water specialist that tested the water said, "Don't ever drink it. It eats through nails." And showed a showed it showed the experiment he did, where the water was eating through nails. Okay. Uh, have Have there been any uh, fatalities? Uh, people are very very sick. People. Okay. There's not. They're not proven. There ha- people have died. Have gotten very very sick from um, uh, all of these things, but. It's not. It's not like recorded. Yeah, okay. it's. He they have. Be, it's like the community has governor, an inkling. That's governor, the reason. This governor should be. He. He's. He's. He is. If he has not, he is attempting to murder people, and he put yeah. somebody in front of him to do the work. Okay, and and if it were in another place, you know, we'd be talking about it. And I think that every week, if Rachel. You know, I'm not saying that she doesn't, but if she has a conscience, we all need to do something every week about this. And I think that people should write in and let her know that she should do something about this every week. Thank you so much again for that, Ms. Deborah, for calling in. I agree. And you know what? This man-made water fiasco in Flint is just the tipping point as to why Snyder needs to resign today. Flint has high rates of gun violence, a crumbling infrastructure, and 40% of the residents are living in poverty, as I mentioned. This, I mean, it was bound to happen. I mean, and for the fact that, you know, Valerie, our guest, has said that pretty much this community is going to be um, inhabitable means that these people are going to be displaced and it's like are we going to have buses and 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 money and the means to help them relocate in some other place or is this just going to be another forgotten city i mean this happens all across the country particularly the black and brown neighborhoods I just wanted to add one more thing, which is that, you know, they're saying that the lead, I know you said there's other chemicals in the water, but the lead level is nearly 900 times the recommended EPA limit for lead particles. The governor, I'm sorry, the city, at least the city, knew about this problem since May of 2014. And in February of 2015, they were still telling people that they could drink the water. And people were complaining and complaining and complaining. And I bet you, and again, and this is similar to the conversation we had during the first segment about the Bundy Ranch, if these were white people, 
people yep. that were complaining as early as May of 2014 about this issue. Somebody would have looked into it and somebody would have done it if they were middle class white people with money. I guarantee you that they nobody... They would have done it to middle class white people with um, right, exactly. money. If you look at the stats of, uh, you know, like the environmental racism stats, <laughs> the actual, like, they don't do that to those people. Exactly. They move those people out. When they when Marathon expanded their um, oil refinery here in southwest Detroit, took out huge amounts of land, right? They bought out the affluent people on one side. They bought them out, bought their houses, gave them good money for it. The other people... The black and brown people on the other side, they still haven't been bought out. They won't even give them an evacuation plan. They have these huge explosions all the time, and they won't even give these, they won't even call these people and tell them if they need to be evacuated. They have no evacuation plan for them. Wow. This, this is so troubling to but hear. But you know, and, and racism's I, dead because we have a black president. Yeah, my president is black. Lambo's blue. Um, Valerie, I'm, I'm so I'm so sorry, but we do have to wrap this conversation up. I would love it if you can let our listeners know how they can get involved, what they can do to support you, your work and everyone's work in Michigan. Um, right now, just calling for the governor's investigation. Um, people can help with that. Uh, if you want to help um, get hold, if you want to help Flint get a hold of what are you fighting for? If you want to help in Detroit, the Detroit water shutoff is still going on. Um, you can get a hold of the People's Water Board. They fight tirelessly um, on both fronts. Yeah, it's thank thank you so much for that, Valerie. So, guys, we are gonna wrap up this conversation. Um, so in the last year and a half, you guys have really heard me talk a lot about environmental justice, and you've heard me talk about environmental racism. And maybe I haven't made much sense. I remember a couple of shows ago, I tried to connect what's going on in East Harlem with the COP twenty one agreement. It didn't hit so smoothly. But if you've ever been confused, all you have to do is rewind this segment right here, and you will have a perfect a perfect example of what environmental racism, environmental justice means. Environmental justice, environmental racism is when the powers that be make decisions that can negatively impact the community because they believe that they do not have political or financial influence because of their financial standing their skin color or their background and you know who usually gets hurt when those things happen places like indigenous communities african americans latino americans lgbt communities women of color these are the people who are always hurt. And because of this, and because Rick Snyder and all of his cronies in the state and in the city felt that these people had no power to punish them, they decided that they were going to over save a couple of dollars and potentially, not potentially actually, definitely poison an entire generation of children. Lead has permanent damages. There is no coming back from that. These children will, will have issues with paying attention in class. It may lower their IQ. It may make them sick. It affects your skin. It affects your temperament. These children are permanently damaged. And the people in that community have gone a week and maybe even longer without clean water. Now may have to leave their communities. And you know what you won't see? You won't see a transition plan for them. You won't see families getting bought out. You won't see American people standing firm and holding the governor's foot to the fire. You know why? Because once again, when communities of color, when poor communities, when indigenous people are at the forefront of struggling, we seem to turn our backs. And what we cannot let happen have happened right now is that we are fired up today and tomorrow we're over because Kim K posted a new selfie or because Kanye West dropped a new single because five days from now, five years from now, 15 years from now, there will be people who are still dying because of what happened in Flint, Michigan today.
And there will be people and children who can't focus in class because they have lead poisoning. And Governor Snyder will be seen somewhere as a hero who saved Flint and Michigan's economy. And we cannot let that happen. We have to be angry. We have to be active. We have to fight. Because if we don't, once again, the establishment will win. And environmental racism will be the rule of the day as usual. We'll be right back, guys. When we return, we'll tell you why Barack Obama isn't taking your guns. I feel blessed. Way up I feel blessed Way up I feel Straight Look I live the life I deserve And we are back So thank you so much